when we focus on our positive thoughts, mm-hmm. when we dismiss the negative and don't give them any attention, but we expand on the positive, hey, if a positive thought comes to your mind, build on it, stay yeah. with it, think about it, expand it, because I felt more positive than I ever had in my entire life. Hi friends, and welcome to this episode of Today I Am Enough. I'm your host, Kara Murray, and together we will bravely discover truth and joy through sharing our stories, and we will also discover how we can feel and know that we are enough. Hello, and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, and I'm so thrilled to be here with Hillary Weeks today. She is an incredible Christian musician and someone that I have listened to for a long, long time and admire so much. So I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. Well, hi, you guys. It's um, fun to be talking to you today. Thank you for taking time to listen. Um, Okay, a little bit about me. Grew up mostly in Alaska, which was so good for my personality. I look back on how God led our family there, and the times that I spent outside. If you've been to Alaska, you know that it has the most stunning beauty, and if you haven't been to Alaska, you need to go and see this gorgeous state. But right by our house, there was a place where I could go outside, sit on this hill, this bluff that overlooked the ocean, and just think. I would sit, you know, this is my teenage years, so I would sit there and think about boys and (laughs) think about my siblings, my family, how I was going to get through high school. And um, I look back on that spot, and I'm just so grateful that God led our family there, and I could have that little spot of Alaska. So I love Alaska. And then I studied um, music composition at BYU. And if, if you don't tell anybody, I'll tell you a little secret. I never graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I have like 13 credits really? to go. Yeah, oh, we, I think you're so close. <laughs> I know, I'm so close. And I just was never quite motivated to finish it up for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> I don't know that I, I love school. I love learning, but I don't know that I love school. It's different. It's so different. Taking tests just gives me ulcers. Um, not literally. Um, I also was able to branch into the, or get into the, the LDS music world that my degree would have potentially led me to anyway. So, um, I was doing what I loved even Mm -hmm. though I didn't finish my degree. I always tell my girls I'm a really good example of what not to do. (laughs) I want my girls to finish school and to realize the value of having a degree and an education. So I, I, I think that's one thing that I regret, but not enough to go back <laughs> and finish it yet. Maybe down the road on the day that I'm bored, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> then I, I'm married. I've been married for 25 years, and we have four daughters. My oldest daughter is a nurse, so she did finish her degree. She works at Primary Children's Hospital. And my second daughter, who I tried to talk into staying home from college so mommy could cuddle her every day, she has decided to go to school as well, and she wants to be an elementary education teacher. And so she's getting her degree in that, and then my my other girls are still at home. Fun. Yeah, they're great girls. I feel like I've raised my best friends. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. Why don't you tell us your story? What you, how, what makes you feel like you're enough or how you've learned that in your life? 
I, th- I think it's something, as you know and your listeners know, that we all struggle with, of course. And it's not like it's constant. It's not right. like I wake up every day and feeling like I'm not <laughs> enough every day. But there are certainly yeah. moments where we feel like we are enough, we've done our best, and it was good enough. And there's moments where we feel like we're just not going to make it. We're never going to. We're never going to be good enough. We're never going to get there. Yeah. When I released my first CD. I loved the process of songwriting. I love songwriting. I loved recording. I loved being in the studio. Mm-hmm. But then I started getting calls when people wanted me to come perform somewhere. And I'm like, oh, I forgot that this would, I didn't even realize <laughs> this would be part of the process, part of the deal. <laughs> you have to go perform. And the problem with that is I'm totally, I was like terrified to perform. It scared me so bad that I couldn't eat on the day of the performance or wow. even days before. I would worry about it for months before. Oh, I remember when we were first married and I was still at BYU. Janice Cat Perry, we, I was in her ward, oh, which wow. was so cool. Yeah. And I must have sung in church or something because after I, I, and this was before I ever recorded anything or my my career own career started, and she asked me if I would sing on her next CD, and so I did, and it was so fun. And then once that CD was released, there was going to be a big concert with a lot of LDS artists releasing their new CDs, and they would okay. they would show one song from their CD. Mm-hmm. And she asked if I would represent her CD by singing one song at that concert. And it was at a Bravanel Hall in Salt oh. Lake City. So that's real life. That's yeah. not faking it. That's not a high school yeah. auditorium, right? No, it's not. It's amazing. So I said yes. And at the same time, I'm thinking, why are you saying yes to this? You're, gonna, you're terrified of this sort of thing. But every day I would, I would practice with a cassette. Remember cassettes? Oh, were yeah. You even, okay. Yes. I, I, I came into the music world when there were still cassettes. You yes. have to play it, then rewind it if you want to In practice school, it again. In high school, I remember like recording the radio songs that you loved, you know, like all the things. Yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I'd practice every day in the day of the, the concert. I just, I can't really express how terrified I was. I did not want to get up on that stage, but I did it. And ever since have been doing it, have been forcing myself to get up on stage. Okay, now here's the answer to your question. That was a really long intro to the answer to your question. That's okay. I deal with the fear of performing. We all deal with some kind of fear or another. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the Lord wants it to live in us. I don't think he wants us to dwell on it. But he knew it would be something that we would experience. Yeah. Because it exists. And and yet he, um, he wants us to turn to him and overcome that fear. So on one hand, I realize that I cannot do it by myself. I cannot get on stage or anything else for that matter that I'm afraid of mm-hmm. without his help. And so on one hand, I realize I'm not enough. I need him. And yeah. every single time that I performed, it drove me to my knees. That I do mean literally on my knees, pleading for help. Please help me get through this. Please help me to do well. Please help me to, to sing and express something that can reach people and that my fear and my trembling voice doesn't get in the way of them experiencing something. And every time he, he was there for me, every time he got me through it, which isn't to say that I never made mistakes. 
He for sure allowed that to happen. But -hmm. when I was prepared um, and did my best, it all worked out just fine. So I have learned that even though in that case, in the case of performing, I wasn't enough without him. What I did have to offer was enough. And when I took it to him and paired it up with his power, his grace, what he has to offer and his enabling power, it's enough. It always has been. It always will be be for every single one of us. So whatever we are going through, take it to him. Nothing's too small. Mm -hmm. Nothing's too big. Everything in between he can provide answers for. And because of him, that's where we can get the feeling of being enough because he can make up the difference. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've learned a lot over the last couple of years. It's so important and essential to learn that, I think, because that's where we're going to feel that whatever we've offered is, it's okay. And, and it, even if it doesn't exceed our expectations or reach our expectations, it's still okay. And it's interesting that I learned that through my weakness, through my mm-hmm. lack uh, through not having enough, I, it's how I came to know that really it is mm-hmm. when yeah. you turn it over to the right source. Yeah. yeah. So are you still terrified to perform? Yes, I still get nervous, but it's not unbearable. And it's to the point where the, the joy of performing and the thought of what I'm hoping to give to the audience through mm-hmm. the music, the style of music that I perform and write, yeah. um, that ov- is like a bigger percentage than the fear. So while the fear used to be 99% and I enjoyed it 1%, <laughs> um, it's flip-flopped to where I experience, you know, it's funny to put a, like a percentage on it, but I bet you, <laughs> you know, depending on the circumstance, a 20% fear, mm-hmm. nervousness, butterflies, and, and in 80% of it, I enjoy. And it, That's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's bearable and good. So what's your favorite type of performance to do? Because you do, you do concerts, which I've attended before, and they're I'm incredible. So it's shocking to hear that you get nervous because you do an incredible job. But you do um, you do women's conference, which is at BYU. But I guess, have you ever spoken at women's conference? I have. Mm-hmm. So do you like doing, well, I mean, obviously you're a singer, right? But do you get more nervous when you're about to sing or when you're just speaking? Or is it kind of all the same? It does depend on the circumstance. And remind me to come back to when you said the concerts and it looks like I'm calm. Okay. But I think every performance at the beginning, it was all fair game. I was nervous for any of it. Mm-hmm. The worst is singing. This sounds bad, but the worst is singing in sacrament meetings. <laughs> it's beca- I think it's because like I know everybody there. Yeah. And there's, you know, I, not that they're going to judge me or anything, but I guess some of my favorites to answer your question, I love going to a stake speaking to the women like if they hold a mm. women's conference mm-hmm. i just love what we can feel like and in a more intimate setting mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love it but i've really come to love all of them and in in their own way yeah okay here's what i wanted to talk about with yeah. the concert and and looking like i'm calm on the outside while there's a little bit of a storm raging on the inside isn't there tell me if you agree with this a, an element of like faking it till we make it, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes we have to just get up there and do it. Get out there and do it. And until we really believe that that's who we are, that we can, that we're capable. I remember years ago, I started telling myself a phrase. And I repeated it to myself when I was getting ready in the morning, when I looked in the mirror. 
when I was doing the dishes, when I was vacuuming, on the treadmill, whenever I thought of it, I would Mm -hmm. repeat this phrase to myself. And it is, I am a beautiful, healthy, capable, dynamic, courageous daughter of God. And I chose those five words, beautiful, healthy, courageous, dynamic, and capable. Did I hit all of them? Yeah. Healthy. Um, Not because I felt that way about myself, but because I wanted to feel that way myself. I wanted to feel healthy, like I could make good decisions. I wanted to feel capable that I could do things, dynamic, that I could do a variety of things. And so I just started telling myself that I could. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really has been half a decade that I've been repeating that to myself. And it's become so much easier to believe it. So sometimes we just have to tell ourselves we can. Yeah. And we just got to get out there. It can feel like pretending, but it's not. We are we are striving, reaching towards our potential. When in mm-hmm. those moments we're doing something that we might be afraid of or may not be sure we can actually do. Yeah. Well, we talk about that a lot. Like just with my, on my website and on the podcast, just affirmations and really... Sometimes when we tell ourselves the truths that we need, then we will start to know them. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about that, you have a long, long time ago, not really probably that long, but several years ago, I got a clicker from you for your positive affirmations. Do you want to talk about how that started? Yes. Because I I think that would go perfect with this too. I know they're so fun. Yes, I love those. Okay, here's like the little bit of the Reader's Digest okay. version of it. <laughs> um, 2000, I bet this was 2011, 2010. So it's been six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I went to a Relief Society dinner for our ward in the winter. Nobody wants to get out of, <laughs> and put a dress on and go to a dinner. You want to stay in your PJs and your slippers. But I went and I'm so glad I did. There's something to be said for being where we're supposed to be. And not that I always am, P.S. But (laughs) that night I was. And there was a woman who came and spoke to us. She was not talking about the power of positive thinking. But in the course of what she said, she said, we think on average 300 negative thoughts a day. And when she said that, I wanted to know, is that true? Am I really thinking hundreds of negative thoughts? Yeah, it's like a mind-blowing number. Right? Yeah. Um. So I went home that next week. I got online and bought a handheld clicker, tally counter. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to count my negative thoughts and see if that really was true. So I explained to my family, hey, I'm going to have this clicker around my wrist. I'm going to have it uh, around my arm because I hooked it to a stretchy wristband thing. Put it around my arm, put it in my purse, had it on the counter. I just said to them, just so you know, I'm counting my negative thoughts. That's what I'm doing when you see the clicker, you know, mm-hmm. that's what mommy's doing. Yeah. So that very first morning, we got in the car to drive carpool to school, and I set the clicker on the panel in between the two front seats. And my daughter, Meg, who was nine at the time, she picked it up, and she looked at it, and she goes, wow, you have eight negative thoughts already, Mom? Holy cow, that is a ton. <laughs> <laughs> and so I picked up the clicker, and I clicked because it made me you know, have a negative thought that she said that. <laughs> and then I decided I needed to cover it so that nobody could see my clicks. And at the end of the day, I would pull off the tape yeah. and see how many negative thoughts I had. Well, the most that I had in one day was uh, like 145 negative thoughts. So if what she said was true, 300, mm-hmm. obviously I missed some. 
And I didn't take the clicker everywhere with me. I didn't take it to church. Can you imagine <laughs> sitting there clicking <laughs> negative thoughts at church? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So I left it at home in the appropriate situations. And at the end of a week of clicking my negative thoughts, I woke up one morning and it was Friday morning. And I was sitting on the couch like I normally did. I would get a, I usually get up early before everybody else to do a little study and have some quiet time. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I am totally depressed today. Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel discouraged? So I thought back over my week. What had happened? Did somebody say something to me? And I realized that it was the experiment. It was clicking my negative thoughts. Was it actually possible that giving my negative thoughts attention by simply just clicking them was giving them enough power to totally change my mood. Mm-hmm. So it, that very morning, I decided to start clicking my positive thoughts because if a click would make me feel so yucky, would a click help me feel so happy, happier than I'd ever felt yeah. before? And I am with you in front of your microphone today to tell you <laughs> it absolutely did. I clicked then that whole week my positive thoughts, anything I was grateful for. I made up reasons to click. It was just so invigorating to find things to be grateful for and to earn those clicks. The very first day I clicked 362 times. Um, Day four, I pulled back the masking tape and I could hardly believe it. I had clicked 1,262 times in one day. Wow, that's awesome. And I am telling you, when we focus on our positive thoughts, Mm -hmm. when we dismiss the negative and don't give them any attention, but we expand on the positive, hey, if a positive thought comes to your mind, build on it, stay with it, think about it, expand it, because I felt more positive than I ever had in my entire life, and I haven't stopped clicking. In fact, that week, I took the clicker on my treadmill, and because I was clicking while I was running and telling my th- myself things like, you can do this, you got this, you're strong, yeah. you're fast, um, I ran further and longer than I had in 20 years. And even this morning, I picked up my clicker on my treadmill, and I was tired. I wanted to quit, yeah. and I'm like, that's good enough. But I picked up my clicker and ran an additional couple of miles because I was telling myself that that's I could. Awesome. It is. When we... What we feed our brain and our mind feeds then our hearts and our body and our soul. And I'm such a believer in filling our minds with positive thinking. So if I can give a a shout out to your readers and say, whatever you are working on, whatever you are trying to achieve, you can do this. And I want you to, I invite you to tell yourself that you can. To every day just spend a minute or two uh, focusing on the things that you do well thinking about your accomplishments, thinking about the little victories, the little steps that you've taken. Just take two or three minutes and fill your mind with gratitude um, and you will notice a difference in your whole being. I don't know that I necessarily used to consider myself a naturally positive person, Mm -hmm. but now that is absolutely my first response. And I notice myself thinking things in a way that is so different than where I was six or seven years ago. Yeah, I love that. I love that story of how it came to be and... I love the clicker. It's so fun. We've hung it by our tree that we create for like Thanksgiving before. And every time my kids do something they're thankful for, I'll like just encourage that. 
I think I got it around Thanksgiving time, which is why we did that, because they always wanted to click my clicker, you know? So it's fun, but it's so absolutely true. I am I am a believer like you. If we give ourselves positive thoughts, it's just going to help us build up and help us see the good more often than not in our situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially when hard things come, mm-hmm. we'll be able to find those yeah. positive things yep. amid, amid all the trials. So. Well, I would love to hear from you. I have a Facebook presence. It's Hillary Weeks. That's easy enough. <laughs> Instagram is Hillary Weeks Music. And at my website, you can um, find out more about my music, uh, positive pro- products that we sell. Of course, this clicker is available yeah. there. And that's HillaryWeeks.com. And if you want more, um, we have a beautiful Love Your Life gathering that's a triannual, so three times a year, but you don't have to come to all three. You can come to one, two, as many as, as fits your time. And uh, you can find out more about those at hillaryweeks.com as well. We're currently selling uh, reserve seats for the Springtide event, which will be going on in January. We didn't call it Wintertide because who wants to go to a gathering in winter? Nobody. <laughs> we are looking forward to spring, so we're give it a, we gave it a hopeful title. We have a Summertide that will be in May. We already hosted our Autumn Tide for this year and it was a tremendous event and just super excited. So really what it is, it's five hours where women can come gather. We, we meaning myself and Emily Freeman, who is a beautiful author and a scriptorian, teaches the scriptures in just a profound way. We gather, we we explore ideas for the next four months of our lives, how we can improve, what we can work on, what our dreams are. We don't tell you what they are. The Spirit, it's a place where we try to create an environment where the Spirit can speak to you, where God can find you and talk to you about what needs to go on for the next four months of your lives. We'd love to have you share the evening or the day with us, and you can find out more on my site. Thank you. And I've only heard incredible things. I had a friend that went and loved it. So thank you. Sounds great. Well, I hope you'll take a few minutes to find Hillary. She is incredible and you will only be uplifted as you find her site and her music. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on the Today I Am Enough podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss when we have a new episode out. You can subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, your podcast app, or Stitcher. If you know someone that has an amazing story that you think I should share, or if you have an amazing story you'd be willing to share, feel free to email me at kara, K-A-R-A, at todayiamenough.com. I would love to know what your story is, and I would love to share it with our listeners.